What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listeners, to a bonus episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the interview with Mike Rothschild. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. In this bonus edition of the QAA podcast, we're speaking to Mike Rothschild, a journalist and longtime reporter on QAnon. He's also a repeat guest. Mike's been interviewed about QAnon for the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, Yahoo News, and many other outlets. His most recent book is The Storm is Upon Us, How QAnon Became a Movement, Cult, and Conspiracy Theory of Everything. Mike, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me back. Does it feel good to beat uh, Will Sommer? (laughs) Yeah, you know, what's that phrase, you know, be first, be the best, or, you know, be the most outrageous? Well, it's not going to be the best, Um, probably won't be the most outrageous, but it is first. Nice. Wow, we're really excited about this. You'll always have that over Will. So, Will, Will, if you're listening, just remember, you were second. But probably better. (laughs) Now, yeah, we've been, I mean, we've been doing this uh, since like the middle of 2018. And I remember when I started feeling, feeling that anxiety creep up that uh, QAnon was something worth paying attention to. I tried to see who else was covering it or who, who at all was covering it, who was pumping out information about this. It was basically like you and Will Sommer and there were like a few articles on Right Wing Watch, but it was a very sparsely uh, uh, covered subject matter uh, all the way back in like early 2018. So when did you first start? Uh, when did this first appear on your radar? I started seeing stuff about QAnon on Twitter probably end of 2017, beginning of 2018. And my first intro was seeing pictures of John McCain and Hillary Clinton wearing orthopedic walking boots Mm. because not because they had, you know, injured their feet as normal people do, but because they were wearing secret ankle bracelets because they'd been arrested in a purge called the storm. I thought that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. So I decided I got to track this down. I got to figure out what this is. And I very quickly became troubled by it because it has, as we talk about in the book, it has a lot of links to these long running scams, these things like the Iraqi dinar and Nasara that have gone on for decades and have liberated quite a few people from a lot of money. And where I got really concerned was QAnon wasn't selling anything. It wasn't a financial investment. Mm. It was selling the good feelings that you will have when you watch Hillary Clinton drop from a gallows. And I thought that this was like a whole new level of bad. And I started to get really concerned. And for a while, it was like you were saying, it was just me and you guys and Jared and Will and a couple other people. And then I think everybody else realized, oh, we should have been paying attention to this thing the whole time. Obviously, you know, you getting there first and having the last name Rothschild was just uh, an unfortunate (laughs) point. Yeah, very unfortunate for you. You know, I've just tried to run with it. (laughs) Oh, early days, the chance could not shut up about it. They still can't. They still can't. (laughs) Even when the, the mainstream media started covering it, it was usually it was first in reaction to the Tampa, Florida Trump rally yeah. in uh, the end of July in 2018. Uh, 2018. Yeah. And everyone, every 
outlet sort of ran their explainer and be like, what is QAnon? And it was like, you know, it was 800 words long. Right. And there was this feeling of like, well, we've covered that subject. We talked better. about this. Never have to talk about it again. <laughs> right. Or it's just this silly fringe yeah. thing. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like the, even then, even when, you know, the uh, sort of the attention of editors all across the country yeah. was aimed towards QAnon, they didn't quite get how troubling, how troubling it really is. Right. And that was, at that point, the Hoover Dam thing had already happened. You know, the guy barricading himself on Hoover Dam or outside of Hoover Dam with the sign reading, release the OIG report, which came straight from a Q drop. This was already violent. This was already running up a list of crimes, but people just didn't connect it. It was like, those people are crazy. They're doing their crimes. These people over here are crazy. They're waving signs. They're wearing Q t-shirts that they made themselves. But it, nobody was really putting together, like, maybe we should do more than mock these people. We should mock them, some of them. But we should also take this really, really seriously. And you can do both. Yeah, I think there was there was some difficulty in wrapping your head around it because on the one hand, you had sort of your average Trump supporter who, you know, everybody sort of wrote off as, as crazy and, and cultish in its own right. And stupid and, and poor. And, and, and then know. you have QAnon, which is at that point a, a subsect, but seemingly the same, you know, the same kind of madness. And so, yeah, I think people just, you know, sort of wrote it off as like, oh, well, these are just like more fervent, you know, more fervent sort of Trump uh you know, supporters. Yeah, I think that uh, what has always protected QAnon is its ludicrousness. And, uh, you know, the fact that a lot of people who are otherwise educated, who are supposed to cover these things in like technology or journalism, uh, was said like, oh, okay, okay, but there's no way this can possibly be relevant in American politics. It's too ludicrous. Right. It's too out there. It's like, it's almost like, you know, it, they sort of rejected it as something that could possibly be important because it's just so outrageous. Right. No one is, no one is stupid enough to believe this is real. Yeah. Well, it's not about being stupid. It's about wanting to believe it's real. And a lot of people want to believe it's real. Yeah. Making that decision. Yeah. Having the part of your brain that goes, eh, you know, it's probably not true, but I don't care about that. You know, right. I don't care about Doesn't that. Doesn't need be to be true. Yeah, because- it needs to be true for me. The way I feel, the way it makes me feel yeah. that, that there's some kind of justice, that there's some kind of narrative that I can wrap my head around is more important uh, than having, you know, journalists who I don't like anyways, right. uh, you know, verify a set of facts. Who are in on it. Yeah, who are in on it. Exactly. Yeah. Now, was there a moment when you realized that this was not going to be a fringe thing anymore? Because it started out fringe. Even in 2018, it was like it was fringe and I thought it'd be uh, quarantined. My whole fantasy when I first started covering it was that like someone smarter than me and more powerful than me and more resourceful than me would recognize that QAnon was a big deal and they would pick up the ball and like run right. with it and then, you know, fix it. I don't know how exactly. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, it's like, surely it can't be me tweeting about uh, the about these crazy things in my uh, apartment is that it's not I can't be the person who, who has to take care of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say that for me, the moment where I realized that this was really here to stay was probably March 2019, where you'd, you'd had the midterms and the Republicans had gotten completely wiped out in the midterms. So now this idea that Q had posited of a, of a red wave, I mean, everybody knew that was a lie that wasn't going to happen. If there was a moment of disconfirmation to walk away from QAnon, it was then. But instead, in March, you had that huge Tampa, not the Tampa rally, the uh, Grand Rapids rally mm -hmm. with the you know, line of people that went on for what looked like a mile carrying Q crap and wearing Q shirts and 
you know, tweeting about it. And it was a huge presence there. And at the exact same time, you had the QAnon, an invitation to the Great Awakening book, go to number two on the Amazon top 100 of all books. And I'm looking at this, I'm going, these people are showing up to rallies. They are spending their money on these books. This is here to stay. Whatever this is, it is now the, the peas in the pool and it's not coming out. The entire pool is is purple. Yes, uh, from from the urine dye, and nobody's nobody's getting out. Nope, they like it. <laughs> Julian, you had that right growing up, where if you peed in the pool, there, there was a dye that that turned the water like is purple. That, is that even real? That Have is a real thing. thing? That's, I don't yeah. think wow. I've seen it did it in, in my in you know Chicago suburbs. I know it exists, but I think they only do it for uh, naughty kids like you. They probably is this the specific <laughs> pool they sent you to? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we all had a moment that we realized it would get bad. But did you ever think there was like there was at least a ceiling that there was like as bad as it get? Like, I never thought that there would be um, members of Congress <laughs> who are QAnon promoters who got who got that. I had the I know that this sounds naive, but I thought that surely even the Republican Party would uh, put a stop to that before it got quite that bad. Yeah, I never thought you would see actual winning members of Congress. I figured there would be perennial candidates and the sort of outsiders who grab onto this for publicity, which did happen. But yeah, the fact that there are actual Republican members of Congress who think that this stuff either is real or think it's real enough to kind of go with it. And like you said, I was waiting for the mainline GOP to at least denounce the idea of these people being like the head of a trafficking ring. Like, you can you can dislike Democrats, you can yammer about socialism, but once you start talking about leading Democrats and leading people in Hollywood being pedophiles at the very top of a giant trafficking ring that's, you know, drinking the adrenaline of children, that seems like a fairly easy thing to denounce <laughs> and not lose votes. But at that point, it was also enmeshed together that you couldn't denounce it without losing votes. And we saw some of these margins in some of these states were razor thin and you can't do anything to push people away. So you kind of give a mealy mouth denunciation-ish of some of the mythology, but you never call out the people who believe it because you can't lose their vote. Well, and and furthermore, I mean, you, subs- you ascribe a, you know, and to quote them directly, an evil quality yeah. to to Democrats. And this is to a, a you know, a, a solid base of people who are also, you know, religious, who right. do believe in good versus right. evil and that there is a war being waged behind that. So, yeah, even even but the, yeah, there's a huge even if you're denouncing, like you said, some of the crazier aspects of the lore, like JFK Jr. Right. is still alive yeah. or, you know, whatever or that, you know, um, Barack Obama is a, is a lizard person to continue and and yeah, and say, well, the, but these people are evil. They are doing evil to your, your Christian base. That's a line that that you can't really come back from once you cross it. And progressivism is this evil tide that is taking away your way of life, that's canceling how you were raised and how you think and how you worship. And it becomes very compelling. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, it's kind of interesting because I know about a third of America believes in, like, hands-on healing in a Christian sense and stuff like that. And these are just things that Republicans are used to not denouncing or turning against. They're just beliefs that... that, um, you know, maybe the majority of the Republican people that are elected 
they don't particularly uh, believe it, but they're not going to go out there and make a big hubbub about it. And I think in some ways they just thought, well, here's another one of those, another one of those, like, I guess more yeah. on the Bircherite side of things in this case, but a belief that's crazy and just a majority, like a decent amount of my base believes it. And I'm just not going to address it if possible. Um, but that wasn't, you know, I mean, that did not account for how big and how, um, organized and how much culture it would create that would not account for yeah. that for the music for the the, the right. gatherings you know yeah. just the the pure the, the real culture we saw flow from it and that's when i remember me and travis in the early days started to get worried doing that QAnon music episode we were really feeling bad <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's that i mean we're, we're thinking about that it's like it's like oh there's like this it's not just like a you know a movement it's like a community it's yeah. this, sh this shared sense of uh meaning and togetherness and there's almost there's this spirituality yeah. that flows from this bloodlust um yeah that made me realize like oh this is something solid that may be with us in one form of or another for generations yeah but I think also these people are used to holding things in abstraction, like the the the, the invisible war between Satan and uh, and you know and God and the demons and the angels fighting just beyond the veil of perception. They're used to holding that. So QAnon was, I think, for many people that. And then the majority of what they actually did was post with each other excitedly and then um, get together to have fun, to feel like they're not the only ones believing this shit. Right. But then there's, of course, other people who are way different. That for them, this isn't just something held in like a semi-fictional state in their mind that they're kind of used to integrating into their own reality. And they're like, well, no, I have to do something about this, actually. Or I'm too mentally ill to know that I shouldn't do something about this. Right. And if you really feel like children are being kidnapped and, and sexually exploited for their adrenaline, if you really feel like the election has been stolen and the president is fake, you have to do something about it. You, you can't just sit there and allow it to happen. You have to fight back. And that's where Q is so different than so many of these other conspiracy theories, you know, the anti-Masonic stuff, the anti-Catholic stuff, the, you know, anti-Semitism. That's always about something that's being done to you and you really can't do anything about it except know about it. With Q, you're a soldier. You're you're in the fight. And that is so compelling to people. Right. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It's like like you pointed out, it's like all normally conspiracy theories are super despairing. There's this idea that there's this cabal that's so super powerful there's nothing you can do about it. But all of a sudden Q comes along, they're saying, like, no, there's a there's a hyper competent, super powerful force that can match the cabal yeah. in the form of Q and the White Hats and Trump because he plays 5D chess right. and possibly can time travel. <laughs> there's a plan. And yeah. everybody wants there to be a plan. Mm -hmm. Right. But they kind of they kind of mostly want to watch it like they do the rest of reality on the news or yeah. in the TV or in this case, in the right. screen of the computer, which was the new yeah. evolution. It was this is basically mm -hmm. just like Fox News viewing with an extra screen. It's like a, it's just like a new version <laughs> of the, of the <laughs> crazy yeah, Fox News. back guy. and enjoy the show. But you could also indulge yeah. in some cyber harassment right. and call yourself a digital soldier. Yeah. If well, you yeah. do a little second, bit of gamer. Second screen yeah. experience. There's an ARG being played yeah. over Tucker where you get to harass his enemies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think, though, um, you know, especially with, you know, what we saw during the Dallas conference, because so much has not come true or everything has not come true. Right. You know, Trump didn't get reelected. There were no mass right. arrests. What we're seeing, at least um, on the influencer side, you know, a lot of those people that were up on stage, you know, talking to the audience, um, the narrative has has shifted from, uh, you know, trust, trust the plan to you are the plan. Right. 
You know, I mean, we we specifically saw that. Who was it? Was it um, Jason Sullivan who said that you you are the plan? You know, and so that's a problem is when you make all these prophecies and they don't come true, uh, you know, you there, you have to keep people involved, you know, because there's this political sort of weight to it now and right. in, in terms of your your electorate. And so I, I think that we are seeing this, this shift in the ideology from inaction to, you know, you have to be doing stuff. And and I, and not to say that they're saying, you know, you got to storm your, you know, local offices and stuff, but they are promoting uh, you know, these grassroots uh sort of tactics. Travis and I saw it at the latest Save the Children rally where there was a, a woman who's running for um to replace Gavin Newsom as as uh, California's governor and she was saying, you know, you know, get into local office, get involved, you know, get on your neighborhood councils, you know, we got to, you know, win this from the ground up, which is terrifying. Right. And has also been GOP orthodoxy for decades. They know that those local elections, the school board, the town council, those are tiny elections and a lot of Democrats just don't vote in those. We, we somehow think that, you know, Democrats some, somehow think only the four-year election matters. They all matter. And Republicans know that. And these, these elections are very often decided by a couple dozen votes. And if you get out there and run a really loud attention-getting campaign by grabbing onto some QAnon crap mm -hmm. and getting a little bit of press about you, suddenly people know who you are and they vote for the person that they they recognize. So it's, I mean, as strategy, it's kind of brilliant. Couple dozen votes, man. I'll do that in three memes. Tops. <laughs> uh, now, I want to talk a little bit about, like, I guess, the, the current state of QAnon. Sure. I want you to address a controversial article that was published in the L.A. Times recently. Uh, it was authored by journalist Virginia Heffernan and headlined, Reports on QAnon's Death Aren't Exaggerated. It calls QAnon a cult that's defeated and says QAnon's power is waning. And she makes these claims uh, because Q stopped posting late last year. Sidney Powell said there is no plan at the recent Dallas uh, QAnon yeah. conference. And she says that the uh, arrests that resulted from the January 6th uh, insurrection crippled the movement. Now, uh, now Virginia Hefferman, I really like her work. I like her book, uh, Magic and Loss. Oh, um, oh, oh, um, please, Travis, let me step in and tell you that she is the she is the person who wrote the Hillary Clinton is more than an, a president. She is light. This person's a lunatic. What do you mean you respect her? <laughs> She's out of her fucking I gore. I wouldn't call her a lunatic per se. But before we get to before we get to that, I was like, what was your what is I know I assume you read that article. Yes, so I did. What, is, what what is your perspective on that? I would say that with a lot of writing about QAnon, if you're not marinating in this cesspool of crap all day, it's it's really easy to miss a lot of the nuance with a movement like this. I think that QAnon, as we have understood it from end of October 2017 to January 20th, 2021, is done. The 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 you know Q post drops, bakers bake the breads, the the dissemination goes out. Praying Medic does a video, In the Matrix does a podcast. That's done. We know that there is not going to be the storm. Joe Biden is not presumably going to arrest himself. Uh, he's not that doddering. So I think in that sense, the QAnon that we have been following and watching and writing about is dead. The problem is that the movement is not, and these movements never die. They just turn into something else. And I think that's the nuance that's missing from that piece is the... It's dead as we know it, but it's still alive, so it's kind of a zombie. And it's hard to write about something like that. I'm just going to read you the opening of her article on Hillary Clinton. 
called Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Wait a second. Hillary Clinton is more than a president. The subtitle is she is an idea, a world historical heroine, light itself. And so let me just read you the opening. When people told me they hated Hillary Clinton, or far worse, that they were not fans, I wish I had said in no uncertain terms, quote, I love Hillary Clinton. I am in awe of her. I am set free by her. She will be the finest world leader our galaxy has ever seen. This is the person who said QAnon is over. So I, yeah, I, don't, like, I understand okay. that we want to like discuss this, but is this even a topic that anybody serious in this field is actually? I mean, yes, yes. I think that the, uh, this, was the, uh, this, this, this column was hotly discussed on Twitter quite recently. Among like 12 people. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. tiny, Travis. It's, I mean, for, for us, it's big, but like the world does not right. understand what this, uh, you know, what Virginia is about. Well, yeah, especially because the world gets on the freeway and one out of 30 cars has a where we go one, right. we go all yeah. sticker on the back. The, yeah. the end of the article just finishes with a sentence. Hillary is Athena. Okay. So. Right. <laughs> I was going to ask if you do think that, that we will ever see another Q drop or somebody who is posing as Q, if they would even be able to verify that it was the original, does it even matter? Well, I don't think it does. And I think we saw that during the Dallas thing. We saw the one post from B, mm -hmm. uh, and people were, the big Q promoters like, no, it's not Q. There's no trip code. It's not Q. And it faded very quickly. And people just didn't buy it. And I think what we're right. seeing now is not Q drops, but we're seeing the same thing from Ron Watkins. Mm -hmm. If you're following Ron's telegram, oh yeah, they're Q drops. Yeah. They're they they were when he was tweeting, and I actually DM'd him. I said, "Hey, do you have any comment on the fact that your tweets read exactly like Q drops?" And he writes me back, and he's like, "Well, I don't know what Q drops look like. That's your department." Like, okay, Ron, sure, <laughs> but but these are these are Q drops, but they're getting out to a much bigger audience, and they don't have to put up with the rigmarole of a trip code and of like Dave Hayes and Jeff Peterson fawning over you and trying to interpret what you're saying. They're going out to a much bigger audience without the toxic baggage of that term. So I think, you know, in an, in an evolution of getting out secret intel, I think this is really the next natural step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always been frustrated by the sort of downplaying of QAnon. That's yeah. just, just been persistent amongst a lot of journalists uh, throughout his life. Um, I remember when uh, when Trump lost the election, there I, there were some snarky comments from conservative commentators that were like, oh, oh what will people on the QBeat cover now? This was before like the right. insurrection and right. stuff. <laughs> there's this there's this belief that there's this belief that there's no way this can keep going. Or even it, it was it was a very strange article to write just, uh, you know, a couple weeks after a three-day, $500 ahead Q conference, and which was a huge upgrade right. from the QAnon events prior. This right. is the biggest QAnon event yeah. of all time, and you're saying the movement is dead? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's always, I feel like it's more wishful thinking. It's yeah. like there's this part of people's brains, if you're, you know, if you're kind of like educated or maybe a little liberal, you say, there's no way this can take hold. There's no way this can keep going. And if we say it's dead, it's right. dead. It ain't coming back. <laughs>
So, I mean, yeah, we're talking about uh, QAnon putting on his big boy pants. I think we've seen this most acutely in the way that QAnon has infected the Arizona so-called recount yeah. of the or audit in uh, uh, that's going on right now, which, uh, you know, there's like we have Doug Logan, who is the CEO of Cyber Ninjas, the <laughs> firm that's conducting this uh, so-called audit, was directly interacting with Ron Watkins. Oh, yeah. We have uh, other people involved like Bobby Pitton, who is also admitted to directly interacting with Ron Watkins. So he's still kind of like a, a behind-the-scenes puppet master in some ways, sort of manipulating um, the you know, people's uh, media perceptions of what's going on and trying to basically, uh, you know, make a, sort of a sour people on democracy and sort of cause even more rifts. Yeah, and, and what I look at the Arizona audit as is the f- maybe the next bastion of what the next prophecy is going to be, because for three whatever years the prophecy was the storm, the mass arrests, you know. Guantanamo, all of that stuff. Hillary's going to be in chains and she's going to get the short drop in the damp Cuban twilight and everything's going to be perfect. That's not happening now. And of course, as we know, believers in prophetic movements don't suddenly say, well, I guess I've been had. I'll, I'll go back to my regular life. Your regular life is boring compared to this. So you stick with it. And so what the prophecy is now is Trump is going to be restored to office. The deception will be revealed. That was everything that was happening between the election and the inauguration was, you know, the courts are going to step in. The vice president's going to step in. The military's going to step in. None of that happened. So now they're banking on the reinstatement. So that's where the March 4th stuff came from. Right. That's where the Maricopa County frenzy comes from. Now they're they're baking all these other audits that are going to happen. And this is the next thing that they need to believe in. And now they're saying that uh, Trump's going to come back in August. Right. And uh, reportedly, according to multiple sources, this is something that Trump himself believes. Yeah. And I'm he, maybe he does. Who knows? It's a real, real downgrade from beliefs to belief that, you know, there like there's going to be a mass purge that will crush my enemies, too. I just want Trump back in office. Right. I want it the way it was before. Or, yeah, a few months ago. <laughs> right. Kind right. of, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's so much concession. It's like just just they you know what? I'll bet. Even if he wasn't back in office, just let him back on Twitter so he can yeah. he can shit post <laughs> yes. and he can own the libs. Like yeah. they would be happy. Oh, that, that would be yeah. I think it would be enough. It would be enough if he just got back on Twitter. But you know, I think we're also entering into a four-year cycle that is going to be the new standard for America around oh, elections. God, I know. Yep. We oh. had a fucking meltdown after Trump. And they had a meltdown after Biden, and it's all just like a, a like this big game of uh, kind of false left right. But the bottom line is, every single time now, it's going to be heavily contested. People are going to say it was a cheat, and there's going to be lawsuits, and there's going to be investigations, and that's just what's going to happen, whether or not they're valid. Like you can be like, oh, the uh, the audit is completely invalid; it's run by a QAnon wacko. But that's whatever. That's what they're going to. That's their version. Doesn't matter of like yeah. doing the Mueller and report or something. Yeah. The, the thing is that drives me crazy, and I think we're seeing it happen now. Is you look at like 2016 to 2020, their their guy was in office. And all they did was talk about Hillary Clinton, right. who, you know, had no political yes. power, basically, right. a- after she lost, and Barack Obama. And now Biden has gotten elected. We did the impossible. We got Trump yeah. out of office. And 
all they're doing is talking about Trump. Right. It's like, oh my God, I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing tape. this unfold. It's every four years, we're just going to talk about the last person that was president incessantly, <laughs> how bad they were, how many crimes they did, until the next fucking person, whether whatever party it is, it doesn't matter. You're going to be talking about the crimes of the last administration forever and ever, amen. Hey, I mean, it's... it's, it's it's 11.15 and Trump is still going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> if things progress by this, like it's just a question of how many four-year cycles it'll be before they right. actually hang a politician. Yeah. yeah. It's 2074 and Trump is still going to prison. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's cyberpunk. We're living in cyberpunk yeah. and, and Trump and Hillary both prison together. We're headed to the off-world colonies. And oh, Trump that would be so. Imagine, imagine if they actually <laughs> sent both Trump and Hillary to jail. How funny that would oh. be! <laughs> a, funny, a utopia, the funniest I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we have nothing left to talk about. It would be All the podcasts end of the world. Are yeah. Yeah. America would just be like timeline resolved and just shut down yep. like a Windows yep. operating system. Like I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It'll I mean, be like Pymania just kicks you out of the game. <laughs> you just wake up in like a pink slimy yeah, bubble like Neo in the Matrix yeah. into some like new weird reality. God damn it, I can't figure out my login to the United States of America. It, it's, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was re really concerned that, you know, this, is, this sort of signals a possible like really dramatic fracturing of reality in sort of uh, American political life. You know, at least, at least people were at one point, they're able to agree on like some things like, who is president? Right, like some real <laughs> basic not, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like they're able to agree. Okay, this person I don't like it, but this person is the president of the United States. Now they have some people who are so or so far gone. They're thinking that no, Trump is president, or Trump will soon return, or at the very least, uh, Trump will soon become president because the last election was illegitimate, even though there's no constitutional mechanism right. to sort of decertify an election. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, this is like my real worry. Is that, is, that, yeah. is that people are just going to, you know, just continue to peel away and break away and get into a, a bubble to the point where we're just not living, uh, you know, it's not a matter of like not not living in the same you know, country. It's like we're just not living in the same reality in yeah. any uh, meaningful sense. Travis, I, I believe that if we continue to to apply this, uh, this podcast and the rational, reasonable approach and write good books like what Mike is doing, we can get the majority of the United States to believe the president is Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, well, I sure. mean, this is the, this is the new factual. project. The immortal Ulysses the S. Grant one. has become perma-president. The last pre-corporation president. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's, but I, I, think there, I think not enough people know who Ulysses S. Grant is. I think we're better off g g g put, you know, pulling for somebody like, um, like Peter from Family Guy. You know Travis, I don't know if you you asked this, but I think this is this is a really good question that you had, which was to Mike: is how how you think that um, January sixth affected QAnon, yeah, and how that. things changed uh, for the movement uh, after that uh, after that incident. Sure. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, January sixth. I remember. I was, you know, I was. I had the TV on because I was writing. I was like furiously trying to get to the finish line, and I'm watching this. I'm going, what is what is happening here? Like everything that I've been worrying about is actually happening, but it's happening in this weird slow motion way where these these people have like breached the Capitol and they're going to go hang the vice president. But some of them are just kind of walking around like it's like it's a, like it's a revolution, but it's kind of like a lethargic revolution. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching. I'm like, what what is happening here? How 
How did all of this happen? And looking at January 6th, I mean, I wasn't surprised at all that these people got together in D.C. They all said they were going to do it. Yeah. And I wasn't surprised they marched on the Capitol. I was surprised they got in. I was surprised they were actually yeah. successful because they're so often unsuccessful. But what I think January 6th did was it, it kind of marked the final merger between the, the QAnon mythology and these much more hardcore, much more violent groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and this sort of 3% umbrella mm-hmm. because for so for so long like people like oath keepers thought QAnon people were just a bunch of like couch dwelling boomers who weren't who didn't have the balls to right. do anything and now it's like there's no separation in any of it you're a stolen election truther but you're also an anti-vaxxer and you also think that there are trafficking rings and you also think that you need to own an AR15 to go take on the UN tanks that are going to come rumbling down your street everything is everything now and i think January 6th with kind of the final marker in that, that there is there are no silos anymore. Everything is now one gigantic conspiracy theory of everything. Like the subtitle of my book, The Storm is Upon oh, Us. See? See? Well done. Well done. <laughs> What's interesting with talking about Q, about uh, Q basically dying or QAnon go- leaving, uh, is that all the conditions that got us to this point, that created QAnon, that merged them into this final insane spectacle where half the people were probably asking themselves, is this real? Uh, Just like the people watching it on TV were. Those conditions actually haven't changed at all. So the idea that the next mutation is somehow a death is so unreasonable because all the things fueling it are still very much in place. Other than perhaps the one little thing of like, Basically, Donald Trump not accomplishing what I want, but like secretly he is. Now, that isn't as much as play on the right just because they're not in that cycle of the four years. (laughs) But that's about it, right? Uh, I'm most intrigued by is that what's going to happen to the QAnon movement after Trump dies one day? Because I, I, I'm a, the parallel I always I always make is with um, L. Ron Hubbard yeah. and Scientology, because they a Scientologist thought that L. Ron Hubbard like ascended to yeah. another 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 plane yeah. of reality. He he, um, he dropped the body, and yes. and after decades of researching Dianetics and how to live forever, please don't sue us, Scientology. Uh, uh, researching Dianetics and how to live forever and how to cure all these crippling war wounds that he had, like he's not supposed to die, much less be like morbidly obese and like diabetic and a chain smoking pill popper, which he was at the end of his life. And so you get David Miscavige who stands up at this gathering in L.A. like LRH has dropped the body. He is now studying Dianetics on a higher plane. The whole crowd stands up, applauds. Bam, there you go. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, the, the you know the meme where Jesus is standing over your shoulder yeah. while you're doing like woodworking yeah. or whatever. It'll just be Trump now. Yeah, <laughs> it will. Uh, Hillary Clinton is uh, light itself. <laughs> she is Athena. <laughs> that brings us to kind of a, a bigger sort of question, which is why why are our politicians deities? Right. Why do we yeah, look why to these are people? They gods? We, we, <laughs> why why yeah. are they do gods? We, no matter who. Do we crave gods yeah, so much? These these are people that we who make you know work you know who are working class who are uh, you know paying money out of our tax you know that we earn doing shitty jobs uh, so that they can rule over us um, and you know make you know six figure salaries like I don't understand this 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 sort of yeah this uh, deifying these what are supposed to be public servants yeah. like I, I just why are There's we no, even yeah. here in the first place. Yeah. And and the deifying of like Robert Mueller when all that was going right. on. Right, it's just yes. that's not the person you need to be looking at. If something happens with that, great, but don't count on it. 
Yeah. Don't count on Trump still going to prison. Which is really funny because I think like we talk about, you know, like uh, how populism is such an issue and people will argue that there's populism on the left and populism on the right. But nobody I know was actually making a god out of Bernie. It was always a useful leader for like a political Mm. movement. And meanwhile, you have, yeah, like you were saying, Mueller is like literally in Game of Thrones coming to like end the winter or whatever. I don't fucking know. Whatever insane stuff. (laughs) And And Hillary is a being of pure light and shit. Right. It's like this is one of the issues here is that we want monarchs. Right. Yeah. Well, and also to, to deny what is completely in front of you. I mean, there were all these memes of, of Mueller and the guy who did the coloring book where Mueller is yeah. this like golden god. <laughs> and then he, he got up in front of the Congress and he was kind of like a stumbly, bumbly yeah. old man. He couldn't yes. hear very well. Yeah. And wasn't really sure. You know, it's and then still after that, people were like, you know, he's a god. I think. He's just playing it. It's all part of the plan. And if you're saying that on the left or the right, whatever, yeah. you, you've you lost something. You missed something if yeah. that's your stance. I, I guess I'm stupid, but I, th- I thought the Democrats would know better in, in some ways. And so when you spend three years studying QAnon and seeing how their ideology sort of t- snowballs and gets into a bigger thing, it's easy to identify everywhere. And it starts very small with just like you said there's a plan there's a there's a meaning there's a reason there's a connection and um i don't know if we come back from that i i i kind of think that people like us are just going to forever be screaming into the void and we'll have a handful of people that go like <laughs> yeah we see it too and and that the majority of americans are kind of like well you're part of the problem i i, I don't know I, I don't i don't know where we go from here honestly it's not about just being a rationalist i think it just like speaks to the fact that we're not getting anything We're not getting a sense of like anything rational happening in the world around us that leads to the conditions that we're in. And we're not getting anything spiritual either. So we're fucking starving on both ends. And then, of course, you can prey on those people with like a a memorandum from the FBI that you've decoded in a pretty rational way. Or you can prey on them by being like, yeah, the babies are actually being like fed to the demons by Hillary. (laughs) Right. And it's the same (laughs) hunger, I think, uh, in the culture for both a rational world that we can understand where justice and there's meaning and order in, in some of the things in government or, or that we vote for or that our money gets like sent to, uh, but but also a, a spiritual thirst, which is fine. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's what anybody is arguing against. Yeah, and that's one of the real driving forces in writing the book was to lay out for people that QAnon didn't start. It was the next iteration of something that we've always had a need for control, a need to know who the good guys and the bad guys are, and and a need for meaning in meaninglessness. That's We've always had that. We're always going to have it. It's never going to be one fact check away from being eliminated. That's just not the way humans work. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We've been speaking with Mike Rothschild, author of The Storm is Upon Us, How QAnon Became a Movement, Cult, and Conspiracy Theory of Everything. When can people pick up that book, Mike? The book is out June 22nd, so a little over a week from the day that we are recording this. You can currently pre-order it basically anywhere you can pre-order books, uh, anywhere from Amazon to Bookshop to the website of Melville House, my publisher. Uh, you can get a Kindle. You can get an audiobook. Uh, you can get a hardcover. Uh, maybe you can get it in like Braille. I don't know, but the the book is available. And anybody who is even slightly interested, not just in QAnon, but in why we believe 
stuff that doesn't seem like it's real will find something of value in this book. We'll put the links in uh, the notes of the episode for you listeners. So yeah, go click those links and pre-order the book, folks. One of the things that I've been looking for are former QAnon believers to speak on the record about their experiences. This is something that almost no one has been able to find. There there are a few, and you know, there's Jatarth Chadeja, who I talked to in the book. There's a couple of other people, but there is a real dearth of former believers who are willing to speak on the record about this. And I would love to connect with some for this book and for future projects. So if that is you, if that's somebody you know, please reach out to me. You can DM me on Twitter at RothschildMD. You can email me, RothschildMD at ProtonMail.com. I would love to talk to you and help get your story out there. And I know a lot of people have have walked away from QAnon, but there's a lot of embarrassment. There's a lot of shame. You don't have a movement of uh, vocal apostates with QAnon the way you have with a lot of other things. So please reach out to me and we can go from there. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. We usually stream twice a week at twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous. Other Twitch handles you can follow are Julian Field, Liv Agar, and me, uh, Florida Flynn. For everything else, we've got the website, QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Hey guys, Jeff Jansen, Global Fire Ministries International. Tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, President Trump, yes, they're calling him President Trump, is going to be addressing the GOP uh, and the nation. I'm not sure if it's televised, probably not. It'll be a, a live stream for sure. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be talking about the uh, the five states from uh, Georgia, you know, Michigan, Arizona, Wisconsin, and gosh, Pennsylvania. But uh, we'll watch what happens. Uh, I said by spring, which starts officially June the 23rd, uh, we'd be dancing in the streets. The Trump administration is on way in. The, the pedophilia Biden administration, the fake administration, Biden's administration's on its way out. I don't care if you like it or not, it doesn't matter. We all know what took place, and uh, God is going to do something amazing in this nation and through this nation. Uh, it's, it's revival time, it's revolution time.